I'm Thomas Shabbat, and you're listening to the Sense Calls. stay-at-home ordered studios across the national capital region. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 8 of the Sens Call-Ups for Thursday, April 15th, 2021. I'm Cardinal. Pan and Canuck are here as well. The trade, didn't line, the trade deadline didn't have a big player trade this year as part of the process, but we did see three defensemen moved out, and the Senators have been in a contract signing streak, so there'll be some new names on the team for the last part of the season boys 22 years ago today in ottawa 1999 april 1999 there's a hint ice storm nope no <laughs> that was that was january 98 but thanks for playing gretzky's last game in canada correct 22 years ago today i feel a little old yeah time, time flies <laughs> How are you guys? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Well, not that I can, I can see you. you okay, see nothing's you. changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're locked down again uh, for another, yeah, I guess probably we another three or four weeks. Again. No, they didn't even announce it. No, it hadn't been announced. Last time Correct. we were still, we were, we were, things were trending upwards, but they weren't as bad as they are now where we're sec- setting records every single day. So we are locked yeah. down again. But uh, What's, what's our Flanders the- thing? It's like we're all out of ideas and we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> Sure. That's kind of what it felt like. I thought about this a little while ago. This is actually back to the way we recorded when we first, first started, except we're yes. not using Skype anymore. So the yes. audio quality is a little because, better. Right. Let alone a, a rock star, Mike. Um, but yeah, because Canuck would always be all over North America at that point. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Remember when you weren't in your house? Uh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is nine years ago. Well, you were no, in a exactly. different house at that point. Yeah, both yes. of you were. <laughs> oh yeah. <Jeez. laughs> so, and it's because I, I got this. Um, it's a smart ring. I was to, wondering what does it do to replace the um, Apple Watch. Sorry, Canuck. Thank you for the gift. But oh, it's uh, like measures heart rate and that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah, and my sleep and stuff. So. Cool. It also, like, for your activity and stuff like that. So I'm just going to try to bring this up. And for my stats, I have been... Like yesterday, gesticulating furiously. Uh, activity, there it is. I have had 11 hours and 37 minutes of inactivity today. Mostly of because... Inactivity. Of inactivity. Because mostly for the last 12 hours, I've been in this chair. <laughs> okay, so that's 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 waking hours that it's measuring, not just total waking hours. hours. Okay. No. Now gotcha. my sleep patterns, oh mama. <laughs> that's nothing new. Yeah. That's like, um, you slept for four and a half hours. Oh. It's like, that's yep. A, that's Gosh. a good nap. That's not really sleeping. 
Exactly. Canuck, anything new with you? Anything exciting going on with you? Um, had a lot of uh, furniture building over the past week. I got a right. new desk here at uh, he. Well, we're, we're on video cameras. We're not recording it, of course, but uh, you know, sitting on a new desk here, and uh, that, that's been that kind of nice. Good. Yeah. Yep. I like yeah, the way that you put it too, because you're kind of separating that room too, right? Yeah. So nice. Yeah, before I just had basically a table in an open basement room as my my office desk, if you will, and now I kind of have a defined space. So it's it's nice. Cool. I haven't done anything interesting because we're locked down, so it meant I couldn't go to the cottage. So yeah, sorry. I still don't have maple syrup for you. Not that I necessarily that's will okay. have any for you, because I'm not sure how much I'm getting out of what I made. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, so I'm a little bitter about that. So. Because fishing season is in two weeks, and if we're still locked down, it means I can't go, and I'm not happy about that. No. So you, you might I'm, you might honestly miss the season because I don't think we're going to be ready for all of May either. I'm well. Fortunately, fishing season ends in September. Okay, good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little grumpy about that on a day to day basis. To be completely honest, we have lots to talk about, and we have an interview which we'll plug into the show a little later on. Uh, before we get started, though. Uh, quick housekeeping, email is podcast at sendscallups.com. We have a couple to read. Uh, the forums are at sendscallups.com. Game threads, bingo is going fast and furious. We have a few more people playing with us uh, every game, which is fun. Uh, the waiver wire sponsored by Netophone Canada is 1-844-SCU-SENS. We don't have a voicemail this week, but that's okay. Um, before we start, uh, a thank you to Gareth for a donation from the show. So um, it's not going in the beer fridge at the moment, but it means we will have uh, hosting oh. for a little while. I was going to say, if you want beer, you have to go and get it. <laughs> You'll have to leave the house. Yeah, so what did I get? What's it? No, I forget what it's called. It's the one that um, Calvin DeHaan, DeHaan owns and they deliver. So oh, that, came, that came in handy. Mm. Yeah. I don't have anything. I had a I had a Zane lost his avocado bag the other day, and it was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. That's quite the millennial name. That's for a that's beer. a hipster beer or something. Yeah, it, it's actually it's it's an IPA. Big I mean, like everything's an IPA. Of course, but but it's got um it's got the texture like the the very very small bubbles of a champagne, like of a of a very very good brute champagne. Interesting. So it's it's really good. Actually, I was quite impressed with it. Nice. Um, we got lots to talk about, so let us not delay. Game on! As again, that's how my neighbors will know that I have not succumbed to COVID-19. Are they going to be happy or disappointed? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you want this one scream every two weeks or the stench of a decaying body? I can get rid of that and then it <laughs> open a few windows and you're good to go. There you go. I think I've got like nine, eight, nine games to cover here real quick. Um, okay, so... I was like, stars? That's not the stars. Habzat sends 4-1 loss goal by, guess who? Connor Brown from Norris and Riley. Gustafson. Uh, Gustafson played that one. Next game sends at Habs with a 6-3 win. 
Brady from Batherson and Shabbat. Connor Brown, yet again. We'll hear that name quite often. From Paul and Colburn. <laughs> we won't hear that name again. Dadnov from Anisimov and Stutzla. Uh, Formington from Anisimov and Batherson from Riley. Forsberg played in this one. Uh, I think this was his first game in a year. And it looked pretty good. So, you know, when people say it's like, well, it's like he hasn't played in a week or two. I don't know if that's an excuse anymore. Because this no, guy's been sitting been... in multiple hotel rooms. Multiple hotel rooms, multiple dressing rooms. Yeah. Well, if that, but it's also been like quarantine, tr- <laughs> waiver claim, quarantine, waiver claim, back to quarantine. <laughs> right? So. No. He was coming from a Canadian team. Yeah, well, they they they, they brought him in, in over uh, with a jet, though. Mm-hmm. So he didn't need to quarantine that way, which is exactly smart. Jokes. I didn't know that Eugene Melnick had access to private jets anymore. Next game. Ouch. Pay your bills. Ouch. Sends at Jets 4-3 loss with Dezingle from Brown, Norris from Dezingle and Riley, and again, Connor Brown from Anisimov and Didonov. Dadnov. Forsberg played this one again. Next game, Oilers at Sens with a 4-2 loss. Norris from Shabbat and Kachuk. And then Connor Brown from Riley and Zub. Hogberg played this one. Uh, I thought he looked okay, though. Next game, Oilers at Sens. 3-1 loss. So this, I think, ended up 0-9 against Edmonton. Good riddance, Edmonton. Yeah, what the hell? Well, at least at least the, the season series is over. Yes. And Brown from Tierney and Riley and Forsberg played this one. And then Sens almost did it again. 6-5 loss against the Leafs. Came back in this one. <laughs> Batherson from Stutzla and Bransom. Formington's shorthanded goal where he blasted by Riley and Mitch Marner. Um, that, that guy's a rocket, man. Just a rocket. Uh, Stutzla from... Armadio? Armadio? Amadio. Amadio? Okay. Um, Amadio. It's Amadio! Uh, Brown from Dadnov and Tierney. Norris from Batherson. And we'll just ignore the Matthews hat trick in this game. Forsberg played this one too. Was that the game where they scored the um, the last goal of the game was... Us, like almost directly off a face-off on a set play in the very like the last 30 seconds of the game. Yeah, yeah, power play okay. goal. Yeah. And I think Stutzla had a nice one like that too in this game too. This is also like right the game that – yeah, this game produced the best Senators <laughs> meme in recent history anyway uh, at the end when Toronto scored in overtime, right? Where Pierre Dorian took a cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it this one? Was that this one? This one we lost in overtime, I don't think right? It was this one. Yeah, this wasn't an overtime game. This wasn't the overtime one. I forgot. I don't know which one was the overtime one. I think it was against the Jets. Um, It was a Leaf game. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Okay, next. After this, we had the trade deadline, which we'll get into. Um, And then sends that Jets with a 4-2 win. Brady from Norris and Shabbat. Connor Brown once again from Tierney and Brandstrom. Dodonov from Shabbat and Norris and Brady unassisted. In this game, Brandstrom was a plus three, by the way. Forsberg played yet again. 
and then the last one, Matt. This is so much better than the season one recaps that we were doing. Uh, Matt Murray was back in the net. Sends at Jets with a 3-2 loss. Jacob Bernard Docker played for his first NHL game. Uh, Zaitsev was hurt and he just couldn't play. So it's kind of more of urgency versus um, development Nece- at this point. Necessity versus anything else. That's right. Yeah. So Paul from Shabbat and Norris from Shabbat and Brown. So Connor Brown. That was also a last. It was. That that was a, a six on three, I believe. Yes. In the last. Yeah, they <laughs> only had like 15 seconds left, so they didn't yeah. have time, but. A set play off, of, again, a, set, a, a goal on a set play off a face-off win. Yep. So. Yep. So, no, is So, that's the secret to the power play. Is try? Don't start. Don't, no, don't, don't start from your end. Start from a face-off, because then you'll score. And shoot. No. no. <laughs> shoot. So, you get it. Maybe lose it. And then pass it back to your goalie. Slingshot. Yeah. Sure. Happen, it works in Mighty Ducks, too. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. That's so, all the game summaries. That was quick. Uh, nice. Yeah. I was like, I'm assuming that most of our listeners have seen the games. Um, and it's just been this crazy year, too. So, so yeah. So, the other thing with this, the team just doesn't quit. Like, remember in a Boucher and, like, you'd be down. It's like, okay, well, this game's over. They don't stop trying. Well, only on a- the power play. Yes. So yeah, so those are the game summaries that I've got. Excellent. Um, We have lots of talking points uh, to get into, but before we do that, we actually have an interview. We actually have a guest on for the first time this year. What? I know. Well, it's been it's been a crazy year, so that's just the way normal way (laughs) things go for us. So, um, our guest. Let's bring him on now. We're pleased to welcome back to the podcast Bruce Garriott from Post Media. Bruce, thank you again for uh, joining us and giving us some of your time. Nah, no worries, guys. Good to good to hear you all again. I can't see you, but none of us can see uh, see us. So it's theater of the mind, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> of theater of the mindless. <laughs> or that. Yeah. <laughs> So Bruce, tell us you're you're one of the few people that actually have the ability to get in the Canadian Tire Center outside of the team. Uh, like, how is it in there? Can you walk us through kind of what the security safety is like? Where you sit during the the play? You run into other people? Are ushers yeah. asking you to keep quiet? That kind of stuff. Well, it is interesting because um, normally we um, we we go in gate. Uh, three by the old YMCA and you go through security there and then you take the the media rooms there or there's a media room downstairs that we use in the that's close to the bowl and between both dressing rooms and um, obviously this year we're not allowed in any of those areas and we uh, this year we've basically gone in gate two which is the valet entrance Um, you have your temperature taken you fill out a form to say that uh, you know you haven't had the sniffles, or you haven't a, you haven't had a temperature or fever, you haven't been out of the country, kind of thing. And um, then there is an elevator uh, that'll take you to the press box. You're only allowed two people uh, this year in the press box. There hasn't ever been more 
uh, and this does include the NHL officials, but I can't go up and say hi to Gordon Dean during a game. You know, I'd normally go up and say hello to them between periods. Um, I can go up on a practice day and say hello, but on game days, I can't go up and say hello. Um, I can't go into the TSN booth to say hi to Gord Miller and Jamie McLennan. Those guys aren't allowed between the benches. Um, I, I sit, uh, the, the, the closest person to me is TSN as a stats person. Uh, working beside me, they are two seats away. Uh, Mark Broussard from Dwaz a couple seats away. Then it kind of just goes down the line. But there's only nine reporters in the press box at the most. Um, and uh, a lot of times some of them, uh, you know, because for just for exposure reasons, uh, you know, don't come. Usually on a practice day, there's usually me, Dean and Gord. And um, and Mark Broussard from the Dwan, that's pretty much it. Um, on game days where I'm on television, the one thing I've been restricted from doing is I can't move. So um, I have to go to, and I know it sounds funny, but I have to go to the TSN uh, um, setup on the 100 level, and I can't move. Now, um Peter McTavish sits one box down from me. Uh, Pierre Dorian's in the next box. Oh, they're not uh, even together, right? No. Um, wow. But I can't go say hi to Pierre. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I have not seen Pierre Dorian face-to-face since this all started. Um, we're not. I'm not allowed to go down to... Usually I can go down to the, the TSN truck to just get my, you know, if we're doing a yay or nay to get print out my yay or nay or uh, print out my point forms for what we're going to talk about on question period that night. Just because uh, when I get into mentioning a lot of names, I immediately forget all the names and stats. So I like to have <laughs> the, at least something to look at uh, while I'm on. But I, I haven't been able to do that this year so. Um, I kind of rely on uh, just um, I I do have a guy who who can run down to the truck for me, so he'll run down the truck. But I'm not allowed in that 100 le- or in that in the uh, basement of the rink at all, and uh, because that's their bubble, right? And um, you know, even uh, um, you know. The, the the like they have a couple of PR guys right now, Brett Vary and Chris Moore. Well, Brett has been back since um, I want to say he came back when the season started. He hasn't laid eyes on Chris Moore since he got back. They they talk to each other on Zoom, and everything we do is on Zoom. All our availabilities on Zoom. If we if we want a one on one with a player or a coach, um, they'll put them on the phone for us. Or put a, put them on a Zoom call, but it's been the whole the whole thing is very strange, right? It's very like there you can't even there's not even any water. Like I bring mm-hmm. my own water bottle. Um, I think they have a meal for the uh, TV people, but there's no pregame meal or any of that. I mean, you just you go with there's coffee and stuff upstairs, but 
I haven't been upstairs for too many games because a lot of home games we've been on television. It's just it's a whole different setup, and and doing a road from, game from there is even more strange because you know here you are using this empty rink. The um, two people calling the game are uh, sitting in a monitor um, where you know where that bar is by the TSN setup. Usually they have the the uh, people selling beer and a right yes yeah that that's where they call the game from well and okay. then and then if it's uh, who's ever on set with me who's ever hosting that night we're sitting on the set and you know we can't go near them like i'm not supposed to go see jamie or or gord if they're calling the game there i can say hello from a distance but that's about it it, it the whole like i say I can't believe they pulled this off, but um, it it's it's going to be it's almost going to become strange now when there's people in the building, if there are people in the building next season. It's interesting because, like, well, you know me, I've I've I haven't barely left the house. Yeah. So, but but it's I mean it's 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 a little bit inter- interesting too, and in that guys like there's no. There's no like freedom, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, usually yeah. I just go over and talk to Peter McTavish, or, or I go over and talk to Pierre Dorian, or you know Anthony LeBlanc. Anthony LeBlanc sits about ten boxes down. Can't go see him. Yeah, and he right? was hired but, through the pandemic, right? So I don't think yeah. I've seen him in person. It, so. No, I've, I I saw him at a press conference outside in August. That's the That's only right. time I've seen him. Right. We've done some wow. Zoom calls and whatnot, but yeah. Okay. So now, you, you lose that human interaction. And Gord Wilson said, you know, uh, it'll be the first time in, in all, like Gord, Dean, and I have been there since day one. It'll be the first time in our careers that we there are players that put on this jersey that we'll never meet. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You haven't met Zub yet? And I don't think he's doing much media, right? No, but he'll shoes. probably be here next year. Oh, but, I'm sure. He, um, yeah, I'm sure he will. You know, um I'm, I mean, I know Did Eric Branson, you didn't see. Yeah. No, but I never saw him while he was here. Yeah. Um, Colbert. You know. Paquette. Yeah. All these guys. Dizzingle, oh. maybe. Huh. Um, yeah. Now, carrying forward with, with what you just told us, normally in a season, because you would also travel with the team for road games and things like that, and it would also be competition throughout the league and not just within the division. So for your job being an insider and a journalist, normally you're, you're connecting with other journalists, managers, agents, yeah. scouts. How have you done that this year? And have you kind of either lost touch with people or have more time because you're not traveling to reach out to others? Well, you certainly have more time. Uh, there's no question about it because you're not spending, you know, you're not getting to an airport uh, 90 minutes before a flight and then sitting around and then spending a couple hours on a flight going to Toronto, uh, transferring there, sitting in sitting in a lounge in Toronto for an hour while waiting for a connection to somewhere in the United States. Um, what what I've tried to do and what I've always done is I stay in touch with, with uh, certain people at least once, twice a week by phone. Um, obviously the, the, the biggest connection you lose is to the players, because I think I've said this to you guys before that I, I do believe the players are, um, 
in a lot of ways your best resource. Um, they always know what's going on. They always want to gossip. Uh, they always want to talk about the uh, about the trade rumors that they've heard. They 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 want to talk about each other's contract negotiations. They uh, hmm. they want to talk about some of the decisions that uh, management is making. So you know, players in 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 certainly in in the having covered this team since day one. Um, you know, I think that uh, I, I've been very good at building relationships with the players, and and uh, the players have always been helpful uh, in uh, in in uh, in that sort of thing. So you've kind of lost that touch, um, and that's been the biggest adjustment. You know, if I talk to uh, uh, you know a, a player personnel director or somebody with another team. I'm usually talking to them by phone now, you know, may get to see some of them on the road. And, you know, I have a, a pretty good friend with one team, ran into him in Raleigh last year after the game. We're at the same hotel, had a couple of beer with them, you know, before we both had early morning flights, but it was a chance to just catch up. Right. And, um, so that, that, from that standpoint, you miss that interaction and just the, you know, scouts always seek out reporters in the um, in the uh, in the between periods or before a game. Just to if if they're there to see a guy, uh, they often want your opinion on them. I, I certainly had a a couple of teams call me about Mike Rowley um, before the trade deadline just to see what my thoughts were um, and you know what kind of person he is and all that. And I have met him, so I did I did know him. But yeah, I mean, the, has the job gotten more difficult? I, I got to tell you, probably not. It's probably a little easier in that certainly, um, certainly post game goes way faster than you wait outside of, than when you wait outside a dressing room, and I, and I don't know why that is. Um, but um, it, it, it's more difficult. Let's put it this way: it's way more difficult to get stuff on your own. And, and that's where, you know, um, like we cover the team. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm still able to do my job. Um, I, do, I don't think that's as easy for some other people. Um, but, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, it's been it, – it, we've made the best of it. Um, Will we be glad to see the end of it? Will we be gl- glad to go back in the dressing rooms? Yeah, but it's going to be a whole different dynamic in there when we do get back in. For sure. Switching gears just a little. Um, in the offseason, the Senators were or seemed to be very aggressive in trying to acquire a veteran presence yeah. for this team. Uh, you can include Matt Murray in that, but certainly uh, Derek Stepan, Cedric Paquette, Braden Coburn. Where did things kind of go wrong with them? In, and, I mean, especially for the last three. Yeah. Would it, have been, would it have been better to get them earlier in the summer so they could have been quarantined and here earlier, do you think? Well, here, here, here's my take. And, you know, um, you can agree or disagree with me. No, disagree. Um, uh, I think what happened is, is the first 15 games, they didn't get any goaltending. And... 
Hogberg and or, or we're saying Hogberg. I can never remember. I Dave, what Hogberg. are we saying? I think it's yeah, Hogberg. I'm supposed to call you Pan. Y- yes. Yeah, pa- well, okay, that's sorry, been an abysmal failure, so that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Like Kachuk. So are, are we going? Yeah. Is it Kachuk or Kachuk? Is it Kachuk or Kachuk? Because when his dad grew up, it was Kachuk, and now it's suddenly become Kachuk. I've always known him as Keith Kachuk myself. Whatever. So who cares, right? You're gonna make me up, Chuck. How about that? Um, um, is it? Is, where were we? Oh, we're talking uh, about Brian goaltending. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 I just think that that you can talk about veteran presence and all the you know stuff you want and the guys they brought in. You never know how the hell they were playing because they never got a save. They had the their goaltenders. After the first 15 games, because I remember looking it up, we're 43 and 44 in save percentage. And I think at that point, only 44 goalies in the league get played, guys. Wow. Like, I didn't know it was Like, h- how can you just – how can you uh, – look, Derek Stepan was not very good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he – he. The, I think I think they got um, – how do I put this? Um they may have gotten a little too caught up, uh, uh, Cardinal. I think in um, trying to figure out how to put this in in wanting to bring in veteran guys, but but the guys they 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 brought in were well. Some of them were well past their best before dates. Is that you know fair? And um, and then that was completely compounded by bad goaltending and um you know um i understood what went on with with tampa and and if you kind of look at and and pan knows i hate trade trees but if you kind of look at the whole you know ridiculous trade tree of and if you ever if i ever write an article on a trade tree by the way you'll know i was completely bored that day like i i could not think of I couldn't think of anything else in the world I wanted to write about. Okay, so I wrote about a trade tree. But where were we? You lost me. Oh, that's right. Um, trade. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in the in the end, they took they got rid of some some contracts that guys that weren't going to play for them. They brought in some guys who were supposed to be able to play for them, but they were able to turn them into. Some sort of assets, weren't they? I mean, they and, did get... And they got the second round pick. Yes, exactly. So from, yeah. Like, and I know that I've said this on the show before, but in my opinion, they won the trade because it was about the second round pick. Right. But they didn't have to p- play those players. Well, well you, I think... You had to, I but. think... I th- how, am I wrong with this? I think they did at the start because... They they thought if they had more veterans to make the playoffs, but and, and I know I keep harping on this and and but but you can't tell me that if they just gotten a little bit of goaltending in those first fourteen or fifteen games, you, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I think they would have had four or five wins, and and I, I actually said this on QP the other night, like. I, I think that they maybe would have been in some sort of position 
to be be in a in in at least trying to push for a playoff spot. I mean, it, the the guy they brought in to stabilize the net has has an, has it's been disastrous thus far, and you can't do anything yeah. about injuries. But before he got hurt, he wasn't very good. So, I, I uh, guess I guess it's I'm, been disappointment. Like I guess I'm not answering your question, but maybe no, I you am. did. I don't know. You did. Yeah. He did. No, no, that's all right. And, and everybody yeah. agrees it's it's been a disappointing goaltending with with Murray and, and yeah. Hogberg to start. Yeah. Now it has seen some optimism with Decord and Gustafson, and you know we got you know the talk of the future with Sogard and Marilyn and Mandalese. But interesting too, like Pierre Gru was reassigned not too long ago. So maybe on that goalie thread, like in your opinion, what do you think needs to be done with the goalies and where do you see the future of that position with the team? Well, you know what, Canuck, it's really interesting. And, and, and certainly it, it, to me, is the most intriguing position on that team right now. And, and, and look, I think we all know why that decision was made. That decision was made before... Um, um, my guess would be it was made before, you know, everybody started looking for work and, um, that they've got to find a way to get this guy going. And if, if they don't find a way to get him going, then they're going to be in, in, uh, they're not going to be able to compete. And, and you're right. It's, it's interesting to watch, um, Obviously, we we liked what we saw from Joey Decord. I happen to think that um, I kind of feel like uh, Gustafson caught lightning in a bottle. Um, I'm not sure he is what we saw. It would be great if he is. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm just not sure if that's going to be the case. And um, then you've got this, this whole thing is the sample size is too small for Jody court. Right. Uh, but certainly to me guys, he strikes me as a guy with the attitude that could help this team win. Um, so I think, I think that's going to be intriguing to watch. Um, uh, I, I do believe in it. And, and uh, there's 12 games to go as we speak. I would be absolutely shocked if Marcus Hogberg played another Irving Saint Hogberg. Oh, whichever. whichever. <laughs> we hear yeah. both. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding because his name changes here. Uh, I, I would be absolutely shocked if Hogberg played another game for this team. Uh, I, and you know, unless there's an injury down the stretch, I think he's lost the confidence of the coaching staff. Uh, I think they believe he's been all kind of all over the place. Um, I don't believe they're going to. Uh, uh, I I I can't see them uh, qualifying him in the summer, and uh, I, I do think we've seen the last of him, and that will clear the way for Joey Decord to be the backup next year, and 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 or maybe Mar- Anton Forsberg. Maybe you put maybe you put Decord and. Um, Gustafson in, in Belleville next year if they're able to have a real season and you sign Forsberg. I mean, it, what's it say when the guy you picked on, up on waivers is the best of the bunch? Yeah. You know? Yeah, big time. Big time. 
it's a model like it's a model picture right can i like you know you look at it it's just it's just muddled and and add, add sogard to that mix now too yeah, yeah so I Mandelisi. We don't have an ECHL team, but I'm guessing that's going to jump. Well, I'm guessing they'll get one. Yeah, still going to be complicated. Yeah, and that, even if we lose one, it's still going to be complicated, which will make it at least a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, now, kind of continuing on with the coach, because there's been criticism in regards to his lineup usage, uh, minutes to Shabbat, and that that's just that- from guys like that's just from guys like you. Okay. <laughs> um, and the, key, the, the infi- keyboard coaches. Oh, there you go. In the yeah. infamous uh, backhand or back pass slingshot on the power play. Now, what would you oh. say that uh, DJ's done well this year? And what, what would you like to see change or focus on for next year? Well, one of the things that I think we thought about, I think as a group, um, if anyone disagrees with me, go ahead. I think one of the things we thought as a group is that um, – E. Boucher was far too stubborn and um, yeah. uh, made no adjustments, uh, didn't change much, was afraid to change much, had his guys. Um, I very much believe that, uh, you know, after after those first 15 games, in my eyes, DJ Smith changed on the fly. Uh, he gave the young players more of a role because of, at that point, they weren't getting the saves. They weren't in the, in any position to be, you know, basically the, the chance of going to the playoffs was out the window. And I think that uh, DJ Smith said, okay, it's about development now. And, and maybe in those first 14 or 15 games, a little bit of that development picture got lost. But I think he's done a very good job. And I, I don't know if you've ever been around him, but uh, you're not going to find a guy who's uh, – more fun to be around. He's he's got a lot of energy. Uh, I think he's got a good relationship with the players. I think he listens to the young guys. Um, you know, he he's not afraid to be stern, but he's you know he's he's uh, he's also a pretty good guy, and um, I think he's done a pretty good job with most of those young players. Um, uh, Giving them the opportunity to play. Would I like him? Would I like to see him give Eric Branch from Urban an opportunity to play? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all would. I mean, I wouldn't sit here and say uh, I think now in these last twelve games, Branchroom's going to get that opportunity. Um, and we'll see where this team goes next year. Uh, but um, I, th- I think. I think after they got over the initial, well, we ain't competing for a playoff spot. I think that I'm not sure Guy Boucher ever could have gotten himself there where he would have made the adjustment to say, okay, let's develop. I think that DJ Smith and his staff have done a very good job of, of developing these young guys and putting them in situations where they succeed. They can succeed. And I mean, the one guy I think he's, they've done a terrific job with it, um, is is Josh Norris because I, I think we would all agree that Josh Norris is probably a better player than we thought he was. Um, I, I think the big the big thing for DJ Smith now though is you know let's see where Jacob Bernard Docker and and Eric Branch from go. 
and and to some extent now Victor Mete, who's just arrived. You know, he's he's got to help those guys become better players. He's done a very good job with the forwards. Let's see where this goes with the defense. And and he's a former defenseman, so you have to think he'll take them in the right direction. Speaking of young players, um, well, younger at least, uh, earlier this season, Drake Batherson had a six-game scoring streak, and we just saw Connor Browns uh, had an eight-game scoring streak. Um, We haven't seen this sort of thing with this team in years, with players who can actually do this and get the opportunity to do this, especially... When you consider that some of Connor Brown's games, he didn't have a whole yeah. lot of minutes that he was playing at some of them. Um, do you think this is a blip, or do you think this is something that the the coach, given his ability to develop young players and his willingness to put them out there, we might see not necessarily more scoring streaks, but certainly more younger players having success this way? Yeah, and I think the one guy, and we we haven't really talked about him, but the the one guy who's kind of got to stop pressing here and, and being better at both ends of the ice is, is Tim Stutzel. Look, I think we all agree that Tim Stutzel is a very exciting player and he does some very good things, but I, I think that Tim Stutzel won't be a better player in the NHL until he learns to play a little bit of defense. And um, I think he I, I his ice time was down the other night. And, and uh, you know, I think that, that certainly, uh, Cardinal, look, uh, um, DJ's willing to give these guys some rope. Um, and, but, I mean, Christian Rolanen talked a lot about his, about being on a short leash, and, and I think that some of, the, some of these players at some point will be on a short leash. But the one thing you cannot complain about this team, and, and I know you, it doesn't look like it because, you know, um, when you look at the stats, it's you don't see guys with many goals. I, I looked yesterday; they ra- they ranked seventeenth in the league in goal scoring, which which is like it's shocking. And um, I, I actually had to look twice, and um, because they've kind of spread that scoring around. And I think you know maybe this will be a trend that continues, and 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 maybe. I was talking to, I think I was talking to Gord Wilson about this today. I said, you know, maybe Gord, they have, you know, five twenty goal scorers, and that's how they, you know, that's, and that's how they have success. But that wouldn't be a bad thing either, you know. Is is someone I I said to uh, someone today? I think that Dadnoff's got the quietest twelve goals in NHL history. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd like to see him a little well, it's better. It's just like an easy mob was 15 last year and people. Want yeah. To yeah. And, out. and, you know, <laughs> I'd like to see him a little better, but they've been, they've been able to put the puck in the net at the very least. I'd be interested uh, to see what that number would be like if we took the first 15 games off. Well, you know. Yeah. And I know I keep harping on that, but it but it's absolutely true. I mean, they well, it, def- it defined the season. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because you know what? It, you're right, Pan. It did the man right. Like those those for the after those first 15 games, it was like how many games left? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like let, draft lottery similar simulator. <laughs> no, <laughs> let, you know, let's get to May 9th and call it a summer. Yeah. 
Well, there is something kind of that's going to be interesting this summer, and I want to talk about the Seattle expansion draft. So, from we went through this exercise on the last time we recorded, and we're you know pretending to be GM and who we'd want to protect and. We had a hard time deciding who to protect in a good sense because it seems the centers are in a really good place. Like their core is kind of ineligible. Like they're they don't have to be protected. Yeah. There's they don't have no movement clauses to they have to assign to. They got a lot of cat space if they need to take on contracts. What do you think we can expect Pierre Dorian to do uh, with this whole expansion draft off season? Well, I think what they can do is they can they can leave some some contracts, uh, unprotected, uh, to my, in my opinion, um, you know, they should, they should, uh, they should dangle a dad off out there and see if Seattle will bite on this. I don't believe they're going to protect, uh, Matt Murray just because I don't think that Seattle would pick up that contract. I think that they might be better off to protect a decord. Um, I, I, I look at them and, uh, you know, I know that they'd absolutely like to challenge for a playoff spot next year. So, um, do they, do they see opportunity perhaps with another team to trade for a guy that they can't protect, uh, and then Ottawa can protect them because, you know, um, they have all these young guys they don't have to protect. I think a guy who absolutely could be exposed is uh, a guy like Chris Tierney. Um, you know, I, I think he's got something like 12 hits this year. I mean, <laughs> is that it? You'd think you'd run into guys 12 times. Um, anyway, no. So I, I think that, you know, look, we're going to see. I want to see what Shane Pinto does. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know it's only one game, but I now think that Jacob Bernard Docker is going to be on that blue line next year. Yeah. I just thought he was so poised. Um, and I mean, it's almost a good thing now they traded Riley because I thought they should keep Riley. Um, so they, I mean, they've got some decisions to make, um, as far as, you know, we'll see where Pinto fits in. What are they going to do about Dezingo? My my personal feeling is they probably shouldn't bring him back, but I think they might just have a veteran guy because uh, I've listened to Pierre Dorian tell me enough that you can't have all these young players. But I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that that's that's the answer for them. But it, it's going to be interesting. To me, the most interesting thing in expansion to watch for them is going to be the goaltending because. You know, Seattle has the ability to get a young guy there who might be able to help them. I think all three of us had Matt Murray exposed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I hit Decord projected. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, oh, so so there, Bruce. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, another name that keeps popping up all the time, and this will be the last question. Is Logan Brown. Now, he, um, and and people have always said that he should be in the the NHL lineup. And especially over the last two years, he's missed a lot of time with injuries. Um, And 
of course, the pandemic shut down when he started to get hot down the, in the AHL. Now, considering the organizational depth, where do you see him fit in and what does he have to do to make the league? Yeah, um, this is kind of, uh, so, you know, I always, um, when we do a yay or nay, I, I always send in five or six things during the day that we can maybe yay or nay. So yesterday, yesterday, I think they only used one of my questions. One of my yay or nays was Ryan Dezingo. Um, I sent in something about, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker and Shane Pindle. And because I thought they were debuting Saturday at that point, it's, you know, when they do debut, should they play every game, um, and see what they can do to get ready for next year. But my last thing in my email was Logan Brown was hurt again. Should he be sent back to St. Louis and told there to wait for further instructions? <laughs> I, 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 I honestly believe that um, it, it would be best for both sides to just move on. And, and, and I know the general manager, like when he talks with Logan Brown on the radio and talks about how much he likes him, he's not BSing you. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, he, he's told me the same thing. He, he, he likes the guy. He respects his talent. He thinks he's got tremendous offensive ability. Um, he thinks he's got great upside potential. But at some point, Pan, don't you have to stay healthy? Well, if you're asking me, yeah, I, mean, I am personally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, as an athlete. Yeah. Well, the answer, the, I guess, the answer is yes to both. No. Well, like, am where I, do you am think, I saying no, healthy? No. 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 no oh, no. yeah. Where do no, you like, think he? Tell me where you think he fits, and then I'll tell you where I think he fits. I think he fits in the first line in Belleville. And for the rest of his career. Who knows? Uh, how old is he? Like twenty two, something like that. It's twenty three. <laughs> I would say he belongs there. Line. I would, I would say he belongs in Belleville until he can actually prove that he can play a season. Right. And Cardinal, I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I don't. I don't know whether his seemingly continuous injury condition is a uh, is a lack of conditioning or whether it's chronic. But one way or the other, I have I, I had high hopes for him, but. I at the moment I have no faith in his ability to stay healthy, let alone yeah. be an effective tool on an NHL team. And, and one, so, of, yeah, and one of the things that, uh, and and I just think I think it's fascinating discussion because, and I like hearing what you guys have to say. And can I go on here where you have to say next on Logan Brown? Because to me, he's one of the most hotly debated players out there, and. And, 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 and Cardinal, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head a bit. Like you can't just, you can't just make it to the national hockey league. Cause you're, cause your dad played in the national hockey league. You got to work for it. Now for some players, that's an advantage. He was around the game his whole life. Um, but he's not, he's not the, the the KG veteran his dad was, and he's got to earn it, and 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 I don't think he's earned it, um, but uh, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about where he fits in because, uh, like, 
Canuck in the NHL. Right? Yeah, you've got no. Norris, Pinto, Colin White. Yeah, and who's who's that other kid that we got? Like Ridley Gregg will be there in a couple of years, and he's going to be a great fourth line center. But don't you think that uh, Tim Stutz is going to be a center at some point too? I I don't. Know. I do. I think Josh Norris has done so well. I think Stutzum might be better on the wing. Yeah, because if yeah. he's only offense. Canuck, where do you think he fits? Oh, for me, I've yet to see Logan Brown dominate in the AHL, so I don't know where he fits. Like, does he needs to have a stellar season down there, and he just hasn't. But he, he, hasn't he been healthy. He, he was pretty good for the time he did play down there. If you talk to Troy Mann, mm-hmm. but Troy Mann will tell you um, it's about staying healthy, and if you can't stay healthy, you're in you're in trouble. Team can't depend yeah. on you, right? Yeah. So, uh, I I do think though, um, and the problem is they're not going to want to trade him um, this summer if he's not healthy. Um, I I do think for both sides to try to salvage something out of this, that it would be best to move on. You dangling with something to Seattle. I don't know. Maybe, you know, like it's. it's Ron not... Francis ever play with Jeff Brown? I don't think so. Hartford. Nah. I I don't know. Nah, because Jeff Brown know. was in Vancouver. It was was Jeff Brown in? I want to say. Was he in Hartford? I don't know. I, I thought it was St. Louis, Vancouver, uh, Quebec. Yeah, I did spend two years in Hartford, 95, 96. But I think at That's that point, I, think, I would think at that point, Francis would have been in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Or yeah, Carol- yeah. So. Anyway, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's a conundrum for sure. It'll be an interesting situation come the expansion draft and then the regular draft to see if where players are moving around too. Yeah. Maybe yeah. somebody would want to pick him up at that point or yeah. we keep him. Yeah. He's an asset. I just think it's a, an asset that's not worth what it was, but it could be worth more in the future. If, if he can actually stay healthy enough to play. Exactly. And if not, I I'm, I'm happy with giving him one more season, but that season until proven otherwise would be in Belleville. Well, exactly. Yeah, I know it's, it'd be interesting. Well, that's all we had for you, Bruce. And we do thank you very much for how much time you've given us tonight, and as well as the no insight worries. and thoughts. No worries. As long as you do this before 9.30, because some of us have to get some sleep. <laughs> you, so every, well, night, every night I'm at a game, I have this thing on my phone that goes off at 9.45 to tell me I have to be in bed in 15 minutes. <laughs> Well, the seven o'clock time, seven o'clock start times make that a little easier. Yeah, they do. It does make it a little easier. <laughs> but no, I. You know what? I, I. I think the one thing that people can take from this season is that, uh, and, and I know this word's. You know, it, th- this word has been overused in this rebuild. Uh, is the word progression? But I think we have seen progress of those young players, and to me. If people can get back into the rink, it is something to be excited about. And um, 
I have a fan who texts me all the time and um, the fan texted me, uh, I think it was in the first period uh, last night when they scored and made it one nothing. And he said, this team is going to be outstanding in two years. Right, Pam? Is this not what you texted Maybe. me? Right? Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was figuring that where that was, where that was going. No, yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally agree there. It's going to yeah, no, it, be an exciting team. Yeah, they're getting there. But you know what? You guys are right. Get the right pieces in place this summer and see where it goes. Thanks again to Bruce from uh, Bruce Garak from Post Media. Very generous with his time. Some very interesting insights, which we wouldn't, you know, experiences that we simply wouldn't know about. But I appreciate the time very much. Now. Yeah, hey, just just before we get going, uh, uh, one of the biggest takeaways is what Bruce said at the beginning. There was that the most interesting news I got was the, how the players, you know, we were saying about how you know the players do talk about contracts, do talk about the trades, do talk yeah. about all these things, and that's something that you're led to believe that they pay no attention to, and you kind of figure that, oh, well, yeah. yeah, sure they don't, but here here he is basically admitting that. You know, they do talk about it. Mark Mathot was actually talking about that on the radio today. Um, for mm-hmm. listeners who oh, aren't he was in on Ottawa, again. he's on every Thursday. Oh, um, okay. Mark Mathot ha- is now uh, taking a four-hour stint on TSN 1200 on the 10 to 2 show on Thursdays. So it's available via podcast, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, But you can also stream it between uh, 10 and 2 Eastern Daylight Time on Thursdays. And it's worth a listen. He's very inter- he's very frank. I mean, anybody who's ever listened to him in an interview knows he's very straightforward, but he's amazingly funny and straightforward on the radio yeah. and brings the insight that only a player can bring, kind of like other players are brought, but he's a little more engaging than some. So very entertaining to listen to. Mm-hmm. Lots of player movement going on with the Senators these days. Not just, I mean, leading up to the trade deadline for sure. Um, but also uh, some signing of uh, existing prospects. Uh, so we have lots to talk about. Um, might as well go with the uh, the players who've left or who are no longer with us, I should say. No, that's a, ooh, that sounds bad. No, they're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're not on. They're not uh, with the Ottawa Senators anymore. Now, leading up to the uh, the trade deadline, there were quite a number of um, uh, defensemen moved out. And Pan, you were mentioning, uh, I think it was you mentioned that that's yeah. a total of six so far this season. So the ones who left recently would be Mike Riley to Boston for a third round pick next yep. year. In 2022, yeah. Yeah. Coburn to uh, the Islanders for a 2022 seventh. And Goodbranson to Nashville for a 2023 seventh. Now, I was thinking about this. Goodbranson. Mm-hmm. Bad Branson. <laughs> Easy now. He's gone. The 20, is it 2010 or 2011? I think it's the 2010 draft. Yes. That was the Taylor and Tyler year? Yes. Okay, it who was, was number three? Eric Branson. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Third overall pick just got traded for a seventh. Well. Two years from now. We also bought out a second overall pick this summer. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Bobby Ryan. The second. Fair enough. Fair enough. You make a strong point with that. I just thought it was. Yeah. I just I was like, ooh, how the mighty have fallen. 
Now, who were the other three? I'm I'm derping on this. Um, Lajwa got traded in season after camp. Yaros got traded, and Walanen yeah, got traded. Um, and Walanen. Okay, I was, I was trying to. I, I had forgotten completely about um, Lajwa. I I had figured out Walanen, but okay. So that's six. Wow, that's a turnover. Um, yeah. Big so, so because right, we got rid of all the old veterans. And we got rid of the young up and comers. Well, they 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 <laughs> were they up and comers. Well, they were up and comers, but maybe so. they didn't come up quite far enough. I'm still a little bitter about at least one of them, but that's just me. Um, now oh, yeah. to fill like, to fill to fill the void to fill the void. We now um, we claimed. Um, I'm derping on his first name, Victor. Victor, Mette? yeah, uh, from Montreal, which I thought was a very interesting move. Uh, I will admit that I didn't know how small he was. Neither did I. I had no <laughs> idea that he was the same size as Brandstrom. Yep. Um, so that's a little worrying because it looks like it may be Mete and Brandstrom playing left side for a good part of the rest of the year. That's not a, <laughs> not a lot of size. Correct. Big D, little D, what begins with D? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, I'm trying to, who are they going to be playing with? Shabbat's going to be with Zaitsev. Brandstrom's going to be with Zoo. Uh, yeah, and you can, you can put them together if you want or split them. Because again, so I guess that would put Brandstrom can play on the right side. This you is can what play you Nintendo play. ice hockey with a team of all the little guys. You just have to play it differently. That's right. Fast. <laughs> play, it, play it quickly. The fast little guys. So, uh, oh, I guess Josh Brown would be the sixth. Okay, there's, there we go. Yeah. Oh boy. So it will, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out for the rest of the year. But hey, it is, it is what we're looking at at least for now. I'm sure there'll be. I, I would expect there would be some sort of changes in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if if you were, and just before we go on to some of the other changes that, that have happened or didn't happen, um, the question that came up in my mind the other day was if you were Pierre Dorian, what would be your number one priority going into the expansion draft and teams wanting to get something for a player they can't protect or going into the draft itself where there might be trades going on or going into free agency? What is your number one priority? Zaitsev for Hedman one for one. Let me add a caveat, a realistic priority. I would uh, try to capitalize on this expansion draft thing and hopefully people are as stupid as they were with the Vegas one. They they will be because it's also cash draft teams. We're in a recession, right? So they're going to try to cut as much money as they can. I feel like that's where you could be the most lucrative. Now, whether the opportunities are there or not, we'll see, but... That's probably where you could uh, score your best asset trade deal, whatever. I think it'll be a combination of cash strap teams and a team that's got too many players to protect and want want to get something for an asset they're afraid of losing for nothing. And what I would, if I was Pierre Dorian, I would be looking for a Markham thought. Hmm. I want a playing partner 
for well, my he's talk available. Defenseman. You just said on Thursdays he's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've I said a Mark Mathot, not the Mark Mathot. So that's my priority. Yeah, I want I want to find a player who can play with my top young defenseman and play defensively, like big, solid, not necessarily a bruiser, but big and solid, maybe a good hip check now and then. <laughs> but I want the somebody to come in to stabilize that top pairing with Thomas Shabbat. That's my priority. And if it costs me something, fine. But that needs to be done as well as maybe a second pairing defenseman so that Thomas Shabbat isn't playing 30 plus minutes a night. Well, counterpoint to that though, earlier before the season started, you went to your boss, the owner, and you finally got him on board, open up his wallet, invest in a decent goaltender, which we all thought was a great idea. And Matt Murray and uh, spend on that. And it hasn't turned out well. There's been yeah. a couple other things they spent on that haven't turned out well. Yeah. I'm very, um, I'm very concerned about this... him turned off about UFAs over Dodonov. And did, yeah, that didn't go so well either. So um, I hope this doesn't restrict the ability to be lucrative mm-hmm. in this very important offseason. Yeah, I agree, I and I think it, I think it's a valid concern. I, I genuinely do. So rather than going to the UFA market, maybe it really is something that he needs to capitalize on with the expansion draft feeding frenzy that's likely to happen. So what I would do is I would give Bill Guerin a call who is in Minnesota because on his defense, he needs, he's got three guys with no movement clauses. Mm. Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter and Jonas Brodine, which may, and of course you have to stay protected unless you choose against it. Well, unless they choose to um, waive it. Yeah, unless they choose to waive, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But the one player that's left exposed is Matt Dumba, who's a right shot. Hmm. Not the biggest guy, but he's he's a very, very good defenseman. And he's 26, and he's under contract for another two years. Correct. Hmm. They'd be Dumba to not make an attempt on that. Mm-hmm. He's not tiny, so, but I mean, he's, he's six feet tall. So yeah, right. 180, though. That's what I'm not overly happy about. But he's still a very, very good defenseman. Mm. So he's probably going to be the easiest one to acquire. We've got the ability to do so. And especially if you want to move away from the Zaitsev contract, which I'm fine with Zaitsev. He's he's adequate. Yeah. He's adequate. He's adequate. The, only th- the only problem, and I'm just trying to bring up the sense again here, the only problem I have with, with him is that there's after this season, there's still three years. Oof. So, I, I, hmm. so if you turn Zaitsev into Dumba and a second, sorry, Zaitsev and a second round And pick a second. For Matt Dumba. I think that's a good deal. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Because their second will be 34th overall. And we also have San Jose's. I, I was going to say, it could always be a second next year. Since we have yeah. the Lightning one for next yeah. year. Or de- or depending in regards to what's going on, protect. Ah, 
I probably don't want to give a first for next year because next year's draft is apparently amazing. I'm really, really leery of giving up a first round draft pick as part of a trade. Unless it's a killer trade, and that's not. It's a good trade, but it's not a killer yeah. trade. Or, depending in regards to how we do in the draft lottery, if we fall to fifth, and again, this is a weird year with not that great of a pool, what can that fifth overall pick get you mm-hmm. through everything that's available in the expansion draft? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Do we know what the pick is before the expansion draft or yes. after? Yeah, no, we, we know, know before. before. Yeah. Okay. We we know the order. You know but the expansion order, draft yeah. is prior to the entry draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now, if we end up one or two, probably going to keep it. I would imagine so. But if it's four or five, I would make calls just for the sake of making calls. Because this player no. won't be ready for three-ish years. Uh, depending, you know, four, fourth or fifth overall in this draft. Might be two to three years, right? Before we actually see them. Exactly. So, all right. I just thought I'd ask. Sorry, yeah, sorry no, throw it out. For there. sure. And the big guy on your def on the blue line is going to be Jake Sanderson. Well, there's that too. Um, would he be ready to play top pairing minutes next year? No. I think, I think that's a little ambitious. No. Yeah. Second pairing minutes? Sure. Yeah. First pairing now minutes? Now he's left no. D also, right? Yeah. So he'll play behind Shabbat as your new Chris Phillips. I was going to say the the as he he would be if you, that would make your second pairing kind of your shutdown pairing, and then you have yeah yeah which so is I'd, I'd still I, I still want another I, I can't I can't well, Shabbat Dumba like Sandstrom or Sanderson and Branstrom. You don't want him. That's you got Lassie Thompson. You got JBD. JBD looked pretty good in the first game against a very big Winnipeg team. Nope. There's there's a lot of potential to be certain, but that's, finally we that's have the, options. I was going to say finally we have options, but that's my biggest concern if I'm if I'm the GM. But that's just me, and I'm not. Yeah. What was me? I, I I wouldn't even call it a concern. I call it an opportunity. <laughs> yes. Like uh, if if you don't make the deal, if you don't make a deal. You're okay because your status quo and the status quo seems to be good, like improving. But I think you can, you can like turbocharge it with a deal. I was going to say, I don't completely agree with you on that because the status quo is him, is Thomas Shabbat playing 30 minutes a game. Oh, yeah. Unsupported. So something has to be done for next year to give him somebody who he can play with. Like, quite frankly, <laughs> I wouldn't mind even putting Zub in with him. But then Zub isn't on the second pairing with somebody else who he's, yeah. he's, he's working well with. So yeah. there are opportunities. And are those possibilities. two do not work out great together for whatever no. reason. Uh, just different style. I mean, he's been playing very well with other... Zub's been playing very well with other people. So leave him doing that. That works well. Don't mess with that. Great. Now, and now, I think I might have mentioned this in the last show, I'm very happy... That they moved on. Even if you wanted to extend Mike Riley, if, if Boston's offering you a third round pick for him, you did the right thing and you moved on. That's a pretty good return for him. It's a really good return. When you, when he already you, has an assist tonight, by the way, at least one. Now, he was signed for next year as well, was he not? No, UFA. So they were talking so, about an extension. I'm like, ah, so can we he, get something? 
We should get someone better than Mike Riley. He's been Mike good. Riley. Mike Riley generated a third, and Good Branson generated a seventh. Wow. Mike Riley I has like Mike nineteen had, assists. Well, it just shows you the relative perceived value. I just I thought Riley had another year left, and that's why there was more given up uh, for him. Okay. I was wrong. Yeah, no, it no. happens. In forty games, he's got nineteen assists, and on the on the sends, and he's only a minus two. Well, again, that's why I was okay with keeping him. Actually, I pulled up my expansion draft simulator from a last show or two shows ago, and I, I have to figure out who my third defenseman to protect is. Because <laughs> right now I have Josh Brown and Thomas Shabbat because <laughs> uh, yeah. it's 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 Zaitsev, Mete, or Golubov. Unless I go eight, eight, well, I guess I'd have to go eight skaters rather than seven and three. I don't want to do that. But looking yeah, at there's it, there's no advantage to doing it. Yeah. No, but I, there's nobody I really wants. Too to bad you couldn't Mete? trade. You 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 can't. You can protect Mete. I can protect trade. Mete or Zaitsev. Yeah, but this is where you trade for Dumba. Mm-hmm. No, I know that's exactly it. Because and yeah, there's, if there's if. Not, if not a lot of value there. There's not a lot of value in protection there. That's what I'm saying. No. Imagine if you could trade your protection pick. Ooh. What could you get? Yeah, there, there's a rule against that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't trade somebody and then trade them back. And trade them back until January of the next year or something like that. So um, now you, you can always have this would be stupid, but the same thing that we we're talking about with Vegas was when they selected Mark Mathot to trade back for him. <laughs> Okay, how about this one? Hear me out. You know, <laughs> you, you were, we were talking about goalies, and you get to protect one, and last time we did this, we were kind of torn between Decord and uh, Gustafson. Now, hear me out. Gustafson, you're reassigned. You're on third line D, or you're on the yeah, fourth line there, forward. Yeah, there's definitely rules about that. And just play out as a forward the rest of the season, protect him as a forward next year. <laughs> you know what? It didn't work out. You go back in nets. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're gonna we're gonna put you on the third line. We're gonna play you one shift in the last fifteen seconds of the game. Yeah. Fighter role, fighting role. <laughs> it's an interesting strategy. I'll give you that. Um, I think outside the box here. The results. Uh, just going back to the uh, trade deadline. Uh, Dzingle, Anisimov, and Forsberg are all still here because yes. they were names. Of, they were possibilities of, of being moved. Um, there was talk. I think it was today that uh, the team is looking to have conversations with Ryan Zingle. I don't know if they've had them yet. I think that's what the report was. So Dor, and he's being really cagey about this. He mentioned it. He mentioned all of this during at the end of the uh, deadline too. That he will have contract discussions with Zingle in the summer. Meaning, uh, okay, that's what it was. Okay, meaning. After the expansion draft, because if you sign him before the expansion draft, then you'll need to protect him, or Seattle will just swipe him. Mm. So, yeah. in my opinion, they pro- especially after the deadline, they probably have a framework or a, ha- a handshake agreement in place. A wink, wink, yeah. Because Dzingel, re- I, I think he's grown up. So he's I playing. think he really likes it here, and he's playing well. He's played certainly playing well enough to keep. I, I right. wouldn't disagree with that at all. Now at three point three million as to what he's making now, that's very expensive for a fourth line player. I think he would say that he's making more money than 
I don't know. I shouldn't then say. He, I shouldn't put words in his mouth. No, he's over. Would he sign for? Yeah, would he sign for less to stay here? I would think so because I don't and, think there's going to be another team that's going to pay that much for him. Correct. Or have him in the role because he'll be a good second power play, third line, fourth line player who can move up and down and play either side as needed for injury reserves. And skates like the wind. So yes. He yes. he and Formanton can be really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't think have they've it. got Dezingle on the penalty kill. But my God, Formanton's already out there. And my, I love Formanton. Um, oh. So, I'm yeah, happy. so that, that's what I think there. And then, again, with Dorian and, and speaking at, at the media, because he gets really excited about these things. And he ended up mentioning, either he mentioned it or Bruce mentioned it on TV, that there were talks about Chris Tierney in regards to a trade. And he's like, and I will have continue to have discussions in the summer. So I don't know if that's with Ron Francis or somebody else. Um, so I think he's talking to other teams about acquiring someone. The way that he's talking is exactly like, I'm talking to teams and the talks will continue through the summer. And it's all about the expansion draft. So I'm sure we're going to get someone. Well, I'm, I'm, I've been looking at my, uh, the list that I made last time and I'm actually interested in making a change to it because okay. I, I had Chris Tierney protected. Yep. And the way th- things have gone in the past several weeks, which I realize is a very small sample size, I would actually no longer protect him. And I would protect, you're, you're going to laugh, Austin Watson. Yes. No, no, I would protect Austin Watson. He's a good role player. Because I didn't have him on my protected list, and Logan Brown was on my protected list, and I'm not sure if he would stay there. Yeah. I don't want to lose him for that nothing, was... but but Tierney versus Watson, I've kind of flip-flopped on that one. Because Tierney, useful player, I don't know how necessary he is anymore, especially with the emergence of some of the other centers that we have. He's only 26 years old. I thought he was I know. 30-something. <laughs> no, he's quite young. Yeah, Just swap out Brown. Well, and predict them. So, swap out Logan Brown. Logan Brown, yeah. Like, like you don't can. No, I was, was going to swap out Tierney for Watson. Actually, I was going to probably leave Logan Brown protected for now so until I get to Chris the Chris Tierney. Only has one year left. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, what was I going to say? Now, don't forget that essentially the value for Mark Mathot to Vegas was a second round, second and a seventh. Hmm. So if that's what you can give up for like for a guy, so I don't think you can get a second and a seventh for Logan Brown right now. Oh no. Well So if you lose a- Logan Brown, you kinda win. If you compare to to the value of Mark Mathot. And there's oh, other guys like doing. like Yemelin got selected from Montreal and then they traded him into Nashville for a second round pick, I think. So if you lose Logan Brown, your 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 trade value or the residual value of Logan Brown is fairly low as compared to possibly a Chris Tierney. That being said, and like what Bruce mentioned, it depends how Shane Pinto looks. Mm-hmm. Because right, if Shane Pinto can't play in the NHL next year or doesn't look like he would fit in the NHL, um, and and you want him in the AHL for a, for a year or part of the year. Then I think you have to keep Chris Tierney. 
Yeah, and if he looks good, then I would expose Chris Tierney and maybe do a deal to kind of say, like, take this one off. So, or, or trade him to a team for a defenseman. Well, there's that too. So there, there's so many options and we're, we're in such a good shape. I can't wait for this summer. Hopefully because I can go outside again. <laughs> you can go outside anytime you oh, want. I know. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside every day, yeah. Uh, especially last last weekend on Saturday. I was outside all day. It was glorious. Of course, I was in shorts and sandals. Of course, I was. Um, in addition to everything that's going on um, with players moving about, two new players have come in because we've been talking quite a bit about uh, one of them, Shane Pinto and uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, uh, both left the University of North Dakota to come to Ottawa and have signed with Ottawa with their entry-level contracts. Jake Sanderson uh, is going back, so he will probably be here next year. I think that's a wise move for him. But I um, want him now. I want him now. <laughs> I think it will do him good to be down there. for. But what year. about me? I don't care. Have I not made that obvious over I nine don't. years? <laughs> <laughs> So Bernard Docker and Shane Pinto signed, and they had a bit of a, their travel to get here was interesting. It was a four-hour car ride to Minneapolis. Now, Minneapolis, northwestern, uh, sort of, you know, in Midwest state, but in the northern part of the Midwest, you'd think that they could be able to fly from um, Minneapolis to maybe Chicago or Detroit. Isn't Minneapolis a hub? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, No, they flew to Atlanta. Whoa. Yeah. So Minneapolis to Atlanta to, to Montreal. Montreal to Ottawa. <laughs> and they drove to Ottawa too. I think. Uh, I'm not sure if they drove or, or drove or, fl- or flew, but I mean, that's, that's a lot of travel in a day. That's a lot. <laughs> well, it'll take them so, a week to catch up anyway. So yeah. what they're, they're going to be in quarantine for a week so they can sleep it off. But still that's, that's harsh. Um, the other signing um, was at the end of the the season in, I believe it was Finland. Matt Sogard has signed uh, an entry level with Ottawa as well. Yet yet another goaltender. I love, it. <laughs> I love a, it. He had a very very good season. He's got the best goalie chant ever. Sogard. So <laughs> I love it. I am so pumped for this guy. I know he mentioned. I mentioned just because of his years. name, right? No, just the size. The so apparently, on the EA Sports game, he's a goalie that everybody uses on their team because oh. he's six foot nine. He is big, yeah. Yeah, well, six nine as a goalie, <laughs> it's massive. So that's that's uh, Zidane Chara size. Yep, I'm gonna wow Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop's out for the season, by the way. I thought Bishop was six six. I don't know how. Uh, I'm just going to bring him up. Uh, where is he? Ben Bishop is 6'7". Oh, okay. So this kid at 18, who knows if he stopped growing, was two inches taller than Ben Bishop. Well, Cap Friendly lists him as 6'8", not 6'9", just so you know. Okay. So he might he's, grow he's big. <laughs> he big. smokes. He's big. Wow. So, no, I am super pumped for him. 
the net's only six feet tall or four feet tall, isn't it? Yeah, we'll just lie down. <laughs> well, why don't we just take a couple of our goaltenders and take a forward off the ice and put a couple of them in there? There's a I ruling mean, against that. Is there? Yeah. Well, what if we dress them as a defenseman? Not wrong. This was this was a Ro- uh, Roger Nielsen thing. Oh. Right, he, he he changed so many rules, right? Because <laughs> I think one rule that they changed because of him was when you pull the goalie, the goalie can't leave a stick across the uh, net. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they they changed that on him. He's like, where in the rule book does it say that I can't put two goalies in? And like, Fuck it. Roger. Okay. Well, we'll just write that one in. We'll have to write that one in. <laughs> Fair enough. It doesn't say that yet. Yeah, but uh, we'll have an emergency meeting of the uh, board of governors, and we'll just assume that they're going to say yes to writing that in. No. So you can but go no, ahead and not yeah. do that. So, so that being said, Mad Sogard pumped, pumped. I am pumped for Joy Decord. I am pumped for Mad Sogard. I am pumped for the other kid, uh, Marilinen, who's got like a nine thirty five saves percentage. Where is he from? Like that's, I mean, I know the name, but Linen he... would be Finnish. No, but I mean, where is he playing? Is he? He's not like, signed. T- no, because this was his draft year. Okay, and he's a guy that we chose with uh, the D- Dylan Demello pick. So he's like eighteen years old now. He's in the second tier Finnish league. That's fine. So I think, yeah. So obviously, it's it's like G level hockey compared to the NHL. But next year, I think he plays in the in uh, La Liga. So the competition will be that much higher. So we'll, and again, goalie at 18, 19 years old, it'll take time. But yeah, pumped for Mad Sogard. Pumped. No, we'll have lots to choose from. It'll be an interesting shell game to see who ends up where. So yeah. one thing at a time on that one, I suppose. Uh, we mentioned briefly, uh, talking with Bruce, that Connor Brown just had an eight-game scoring streak. That, um, and... Drake Batherson's was six earlier this six. season? Yep. And that tied the record before. That tied the it's, record, but now now it's been reset. Now it's bro- by, been broken, yep. yeah. Yeah. CB Inc. brought up a good point that uh, this is probably the first time a brown streak is actually considered oh positive. Oh, God. <sighs> show him out, okay? <laughs> Just show CB Inc. <laughs> So <laughs> go onward, go onward. Next, next topic. So well, well, with that too, because with with all the the scoring streaks in the league, his in the league history, it's like you see names like what's it like Ron Francis is in there, like Yager, Lemieux, Gretzky, Connor Brown. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it doesn't well, fit. He he was the piece you liked in the Zaitsev trade, was he not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Granted, I always thought that the key to the to the Zaitsev trade was cutting CC's um, contract, but man, Connor Brown is good, and we got the better defenseman out of it, just for a longer period of time. Yes, yes, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, it's not like Toronto's really missing Connor Brown anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I don't have any other senators' notes to talk about. Um, 
We only have a couple of quick little notes about the rest of the league, and then we have two email to read as well. Um, I didn't write these, so whoever, whoever wrote them could talk about them. So Vancouver had over 25 cases of COVID variant. Just set it on fire. And they were told, I think they're supposed to start tomorrow. Yes. They were supposed to and play Edmonton like, tomorrow. We are no, they were supposed to play. Holy jeez. Play. So, yeah. So they ended up last night, they ended up having a zoom meeting with the league. No, sorry. With the PA saying in regards to their concerns. So, a lot of them haven't physically recovered yet. A lot of them also have family that has obviously contracted it from them. So um, they they had a discussion with the PA. And then to, today, I think after business hours, they announced that they will further delay the start of the, the restart of the Canucks season. Yeah, it wasn't announced when it would be delayed till because till. they're supposed to play Toronto twice this weekend and Ottawa's right. out there next week. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Now, honestly, like the easiest way to fix all of this would be that Ottawa and Vancouver still have to play each other four games. So delay those games out to the end of the season. So even if if you play it like you're not going to get a, you're not going to get much TV on that at all. I'll I'll watch them to, because it's just going to be like a preseason or summer camp pretty much, right? Um, but just kick those games out because it doesn't matter, so that you don't have to impact the rest of the league for playoffs. Yeah. So they would play the end of their regular season between those two teams while the playoffs are going on. Correct. Make it a that local just broadcast. seems the most logistic. That's right. Or what if it's instead just of playing logistic. the games, they just fire up BA Sports and play that out because it's not going to make any difference. That actually could get viewers. Not if the league does it, because then they'll have to take. You know, the, the, there might be a ball um, circling, or there might be some, you know, some tampering with the envelopes with the things in them. Yeah, because I don't know what the other games are, but like we're scheduled to play Toronto on May twelfth. So now, if everything gets pushed back and they don't they don't kick the the Ottawa Vancouver games out, then that's a, like it's a problem, right? Well, that'll that'll affect the playoffs, especially if they they do decide to put the playoffs into a bubble. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Why wouldn't I think, they? I think they should. Uh, playoffs are too long. There's, there's no fans. Yeah, there's no fans anyway. I agree. You want to make it through the playoffs? This is what we're doing. Or just do the series in one arena. Like, don't, and just have the home away rules it, it, just switch it should, in arena. It should be division, in my opinion, it should be a divisional bubble. Like, you take the four Canadian teams and you just play. Well, you could do a divisional right. until the last the last two rounds. That's fine. Start off with divisional bubbles and then yeah. figure out what the Oh, no, but teams. in the U.S., everything's fine, though. Yeah, we're not talking about that. (laughs) Um, I had two little pieces of news for you guys. I I don't think, I don't think I mentioned them on the last episode because I had them in in a list of things that we could talk about, but I don't think I mentioned either of these. Um, The NHL signed uh, an agreement recently with ESPN for broadcasting in the U.S. ESPN is owned by Disney. Everything now, by 
Now, the cool thing about this is this agreement, and I, I saw two different reports on it, so I figure it has to be true. This agreement includes the fact that ESP or ESPN slash Disney will be taking over ownership and running of the NHL app and the NHL website. Yep. Yep. Which would I'm- be awfully good news. Because right now it sucks. <laughs> and hopefully for streaming, you can put it into Disney Plus as a premium option. Never know. And avoid but blackouts or do something like that. Nice. And while you're waiting for the ice to be scraped before the shootout, why don't you book your next Disney vacation? Or watch What's this? a vacation? Watch a quick clip about something Disney. There you go. Yeah. Um, the other one was, I don't know if I mentioned this. This goes back to March 7th. It was It's an off-ice little adventure that the Vegas Golden Knights had. Um, on March 7th, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were in San Jose to play the Sharks. And um, they had just finished up their pregame meal when they were informed by hotel staff that they had to pack up and leave right now. The hotel had gone bankrupt, and they had to get out. Wow. Right before, the, like after their pregame meal, like before their, I, I presume they have a pregame meal, then a nap. <laughs> nope, you're changing hotels. <laughs> oh, that screw up your pregame ritual. <laughs> Which hotel was this? The It was a Fairmont, actually. In San Jose? Yeah. Oh, now, I think I stayed at that one. It was the, it's a fairly new hotel. It was built in the eighties. It was the, the owner of the hotel. Fairmont is the management company, but it was the, um, it was the owner of the hotel that was, uh, facing. Oh, the franchisee. Uh, uh, the fang facing, uh, restructuring. No one cares about that in the hockey podcast. Exactly. They're actually going to be changing (laughs) management companies. So it will no longer be a Fairmont hotel. It will be some, it'll be managed by some other company. But the ownership group is the ones that were facing um, bankruptcy proceedings. So how's that for a bit of a wrinkle in your pregame ritual? Thought you might like that one. Hmm? That's (laughs) fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Well, it's it's crazy, really. Yeah. Um, Good thing they weren't out at the rink. (laughs) (laughs) All their stuff's out in the street. (laughs) Yeah. Get back. Uh, What happened? Doors are locked. How come everything's dark? (laughs) Uh, we have two email to read. Um, I can read one of them. I don't really know what happened with the other one. There was I'll, something... I'll read uh, the one from Gareth here. Okay. So we, we got an email from Gareth. It said, hey, guys, just finished listening to the last episode and some random thoughts are prevalent. Great job with the podcast this season. Keep up the good work. I can't send you guys a shot. So beer will have to do. Enjoy. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to send us beer either, but uh, oh, yeah, he, he made a he donation. He sent us a donation. Right. So. Told you it was for the beer fridge. Yeah. No, he said shots. Okay, so we're getting a bottle of tequila with it. There we go. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> Just pay the server fee. Uh, Canuck, I can't agree with you more. That's all I need to say. Uh, no. <laughs> 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 On the commentators being pro anyone but Ottawa. Ferraro, oh boy. During one of the recent games, the audio cut out for about five minutes on NHL TV. I was enjoying it so much that when they fixed it, I just muted the TV and made snarky remarks to myself like the ref with a hot mic. (laughs) Uh, Batherson, Norris, and Bishop are looking like great surprises. Not worried about Stutza cooling down and really impressed by Decor before he went down. Feeling very optimistic for the road ahead. 
is our power play trying to be so united in red that we're actually making a case to bring back that red line? I thought the rule only applied to forward passes. Slingshot? (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone seen stats on the number of players who have left the Sens to move on and become captains or number one A goalies elsewhere? I'm pretty sure we're batting way above the average on here. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because it'd be what, like, even though Chara wasn't a draft pick, but Chara... Felino, uh, Mark Stone, and Zabanichad's got and a Bishop role. for the goalie. For the goalie. Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard. Uh, ish. They're kind of splitting. Yeah. Um, well, he's hurt. Yep. And has got a really good chance of becoming the captain with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say that O'Reilly kidney story is awesome, and the Disney-owned NHL.com is great news. Thanks. I Finally, about it last time. Yeah. Sorry, a little bit. Yep. <laughs> no refunds. Finally, Finally listen to us. A lot of people I know have had or are scheduled for the vaccine down here. Hope you guys are starting to get some soon. Stay safe. <laughs> so, what are what are we projecting now? Like about July for the first shot? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Well, unless I move, if I go down to Kingston, I could probably get it tomorrow. Well, next right. week. Or Canada North. Uh, or Hamilton. Only one suburb. Did you, now, did, did you register? No, you, you can't register, right? Because we're 55 plus. Still. Correct. Close, but not quite. <sighs> I think Health Canada today announced, though, that uh, they don't see, they don't deem initi- uh, the blood clots as so minorly correlated. Yeah. I think Health Canada announced that today, so hopefully they're going to bring down the age tomorrow. Well, I mean, you can bring down the age, but there's still a backlog of a lot of people to get it before you can get anywhere close to it. I have I have coworkers who are in the right age categories, and they're still looking at um, end of April to mid-May in the categories that are already open. So, Are they scheduled at least? No, I are they scheduled? Um, it depends. If you're, go- it depends on where you're going through. If you're going through the city, um, no. If you're going okay. through the because cities AstraZeneca and Moderna, and there's that's right. If that. you, if you're going through the, uh, no, they're Pfizer and Moderna. The pharmacies. Sorry, yes, Pfizer. Yes. The pharmacies are backed up until mid-May. Okay. But I do know people who have registered for that. Yes. And then right. why am I seeing news reports about Toronto and there's like 10,000 appointments that they're not Scarborough had to cancel their appointments. So it Because they just didn't get what they were supposed to get. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's a hot spot. Mm-hmm. And well, then you're shoving things into like even even locally, you got Canada North that for some reason qualifies, but Vanier's a hot spot. So no, is um places like Ridgemont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the most affluent neighborhood in the probably country. Well, I can tell you and that you look at, at least the our neighbors are. And- yeah, I, th- I think it's political, but at least the neighbors uh, down the road were doing a really good job of helping make this a hot spot because there's a big house party. Uh, so it's like, okay, go do your part, make a hot spot. Let's go. Well, that's how you get your vaccines, you have hot spots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not volunteering for that. Thanks. Absolute mess. No. Second email is from Chad. I can read this one. This is from a longtime friend of the show, Texas Chad. Many, many moons ago, I was a drummer. As in my early 20s, I was a very angstra-driven, loud rock and roll band that was probably the reason why I now have massive hearing loss in my left ear. 
This week, the guitar player and singer of that old band passed away. He was just 47 years old. I really did not keep up with the guy. He was a train wreck of a human being, and if he was still alive, he would not argue that point. Hmm. Attached is a song that we had called Ugly Face. Our bass player put together a little video for the song. The three of us did enjoy hockey and the heavy violence that came with the sport during the late 90s. It's certainly not something that John, Paul, George, and Ringo would have written, but it does fit into those now rare situations where the game is out of hand and the fists are flying. Make sure you hug your loved ones as you never really know when their time is going to expire. Most importantly, take care of yourself. Texas Chad. Now, uh, Canuck, you said you were going to play this as our out music. So you'll be able to hear a little bit of Texas Chad's band as we uh, fade to black. Um, sorry, I'm a little misorganized today. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Or you, I think shall that's we... all I've got. Yeah, I think so. So we can grind our gears and get the heck out of here. You know what really grinds my gears? What do you got? Well, I got a couple things. One is uh, I've done a lot of furniture assembly. Now, <laughs> this, this isn't Ikea furniture, but for the sake of this conversation, let's just pretend it's Ikea because it's the same friggin' thing, right? Uh, is when you put together a nice elaborate desk, you're almost done. You get near the last part and you're missing one part, whether it's the drawer pull or a screw and it's a key thing. Oh, that really grinds my gears. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> How hard is it to put the right number of parts in the box? Really? And the other thing is, because I've uh, been doing some kind of work here and kind of fixing my home workspace, you know, I've had some junk to get rid of. Or not junk, but, you know, like things to get rid of. And, uh, Pan, I shared with this, yeah. this with you. So, if anyone familiar with Kijiji, I think it's a Canadian thing. It's basically a used posting, you know, you sell your stuff used online kind of website. You've heard of this, Cardinal? Oh, very much so. Yeah, it's where you get frauded. Yeah. So uh, I posted an ad for my my monitor stand, right? And uh, let me just read how this went down today. Uh, So I I get a reply. $20 cash. I said, well, how about $40? And when could you come pick it up? 25 max. Okay. So far, it's just, you know, dickering around, right? I said, well, I've had a few offers, but I guess if you're willing to come quickly, I'd accept that. Okay. Address, please. I come quick. I give my address. And yep. And then now listen to this. And I'm just going to read it as said. Are you Chinese? What is looks of genitals? Curly pubes? Confucius? Not interested? Silence of yours told me tofu and curly pubes. Whiskey tango foxtrot. I just said, what the hell? Goodbye, sir. And reported. (laughs) Blocked. Like, what is that? (laughs) Did your kid get your phone or are you a 12-year-old boy that's just bored so you're answering Kijiji ads? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, they also have your address now, so enjoy cleaning off those eggs. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll get them on my camera and I'll reverse egg them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 The ring. (sighs) Some people have way too much free time. I mean, I know it's a lockdown and all, but they have way too much free time. Pam? Um, what grinds my gears is the v- high level of difficulty it is to tell the difference between a taser and a gun. Why is this grinding your gears? Oh, just saying. Apparently, it's very difficult to know the difference between your taser and your gun. Did I miss a bit of news? Yeah, shooting yeah. yesterday. Oh. 
Yeah, we'll just move on from that. Always have an excuse. Um, My uh, what grinds my gears is actually two ads. (laughs) Big surprise. Two ads by the same company, the uh, and the company is Sancho Bar Chicken. Now, okay, I think you talked about this last week. Very careful about our audience with this. No, I'm not criticizing their. Um, I'm not criticizing their gravy, which is garbage. Um, I'm criticizing their ads. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you brought this up last time. <laughs> Saint Hubert, their their ad is uh, the first ad that they were playing for quite some time was for the Saint Senators contest, and it yes. was something that Saint Hubert was doing. And there was, it was two. It was a, a man and a woman. They were going back and forth, and he was saying, well, "I've got my beard. I've got my shirt from 2007. Everything's going to be great." The ad was actually kind of funny and clever and all until they played the goal horn. Yeah. The goal horn is the Montreal goal horn, not the. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So that was a bit of a fail. The second one is the one that they're having right now is uh, they're looking for a good time for St. Hubert. And it's basically a two scenario ad. And in the first scenario, it took two hours to get to the cottage. Oh man, that's a great time for St. Hubert. And in the second scenario, they got to the cottage in only 20 minutes. Oh, that's a great time for St. Hubert. Who has a cottage where they can get St. Hubert delivered? It's a Regardless, it's still a good, it's a, it's still a good it, time for it, St. Hubert, though. It's an urban thing. It's not, it's not a rural thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm out just past, um, just past Union Hall. Can you drop me off a box of chicken? I don't think so. Because nobody will know where Union Hall is. It's just hard by Clayton outside Almont, for future reference. Um, it, it's just an ad that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's an ad that doesn't make any sense at all because you can't get chicken delivered to your cottage. Well, what maybe if you, you just can pick somewhere up the Quebec. chicken on your way to the cottage. It'll that be cold if sense. it takes you two hours to get to the cottage. But not 20 minutes. Uh, okay, fair enough. You might get, well, actually it would because you're only picking up in two Ottawa locations. <laughs> <laughs> you can reheat it. Yeah, no. Open it, open we, fire. Yeah. And uh, sorry, Alex, I don't like Saint Hubert. I much prefer Swiss Chalet. And they're both Montreal companies, so it's okay. One is on Saint Hubert in the plateau and the other one is on um, oh, Giroir and Sherbrooke in NDG. There's one in St. Joseph, isn't there? There's one in Orleans. In Orleans? There's one on uh, Saint Laurent, and there's a takeout on uh, Hunt Club at Riverside. Yes. Yeah. On the way to the airport. On the way yeah. to the airport. There you go. Um, w- do you want to do a week to come? We didn't talk about when we're going to be back. Big surprise. We forgot to do that because well, we were who, getting ready for Who knows? For I think the schedule is going to get all messed up. Yeah, it's going to be messy. So we don't know when we're going to be back. So there's no point in talking about the week yeah, to come. Yeah, 12. Yeah. But so at least we got We don't know out. when we're back. Yeah. Well, and like, so I don't think there's a seven o'clock game tomorrow, but we play at four. There's a four o'clock game on Saturday. I yes. Believe. Yeah. Four o'clock the, in Montreal. Yeah. And the 7 p.m. game got, well, it's Toronto, Vancouver. So that's getting pushed. So why don't so, we get the seven o'clock? Ooh, I wonder if they might move on. We are the NFL. <laughs> well, what are they going to fill in at seven o'clock then? Uh, Leafs replay the last Leafs game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please make it the um, the it was four one game. Replay. Do you that. think That'll they're going to play one that they lost? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope springs eternal. That's all. <laughs> game oh yeah, seven, hey. Boston. 
And all I've got to say is congratulations to the Buffalo Sabres for absolutely getting blown away on that Taylor Hall trade. And also not selecting Victor Mete for whatever reason. Well, who knows? They're they're in the middle of a... such a disaster. They're not even a tire fire anymore. They're like the residual molten goo after the tire fire. And all that said, they're only three points behind us with one game in hand. Perfect. So we could still pass them and be worst. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, at some point you need some pride. I know. Well, second would be fine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're going to win the lottery draft with their luck? No. Yeah. Neither are we. So we proved that last year. We had two chances at it. All right. Well, we'll be back at some point with things to talk about and who knows what will be going on in this world by then. But we'll be back at some point. Until then, on behalf of uh, Canuck and Pan, I'm Cardinal. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Peace.